so many people would just quit at the business card swap phase. And then it's kind of all for nothing. All of it, all of that effort was for nothing. Whereas now I think all of the events I've been to that are, you know, supposed to be large scale with more than a couple hundred people have built in like networking opportunities Hmm. to the structure. Hey there, and welcome to the Just Boldly Go podcast, where I help women face their fears, set goals, and take imperfect action towards creating a life they can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. If you'd like to see what we have going on, you can head over to justboldlygo.com. And if you're a women-owned business, we'd love to invite you to join our women-owned business directory at sheowns.org. I'd like to welcome to this episode, Bailey Hancock of baileyhancock.com. And I'm going to let you tell us what you do. I've been stalking you, as I already told you this morning, and she's got a great sense of humor. So head over to her website, but go ahead, Bailey, tell us what you do. Thank you. And hello, I was stalking you as well. So the stalking is mutual. I am a collaboration consultant, which is a title I gave myself. So usually people are like, oh, that's cool. What does that uh, mean exactly? (laughs) It sounds like dot, dot, dot. Oh, wait, I don't know what that means. So essentially, I work one-on-one with mostly female entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, to help them gain visibility for their business and grow their impact and influence with collaboration and partnerships. So when you boil that down, the way that I used to describe it to my nephew when he was like in kindergarten was... I help people make friends for a living and then figure out how to play nice together. And essentially, as it relates to people in business, I help them understand how they can think collaboratively and think about who do I know who can help me achieve my goals or whatever it is that I'm trying to do in a more collaborative, you know, quick, fun, exciting and enjoyable and organic way. So the way that that ends up coming through is who could you be partnering with? You know, what are the content platforms you could be on sharing your knowledge and your story and your expertise so that people get to see the real you and they get to feel value from you right away. And on the flip side to the content platform, right? In the form of a partnership. So yeah, it comes through in a lot of different ways, but that's primarily what it is that I actually do. Um, but besides collaboration consultant, I call myself a professional friend maker, which also came from that same conversation with my nephew. And I run a membership community called the Collaboration Coalition for entrepreneurs, creators, and thought leaders. We're really trying to figure out who should I partner with? I don't know how to find partners. I don't know how to make friends as an adult. Where do I find <laughs> these, you know, elusive partners that can collaborate with me? So that was the solution to that. I love that. Well, I also made up one of my titles too. So a boldness coach is something I totally made up. And everyone's like, what is that? And I'm like, well, I help you do things that are scary. Duh. What do you think it is? Duh. But- <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> but you know, when there's not something that describes what you do, you make it up and it, it works. But I We're love- all just making stuff up every day. Exactly. I love it. But I love that idea of helping people make friends as an adult, basically, you know, business friends. And that's exactly, yeah. and we all need that. And yeah. it's, it's really hard. It really is hard because, you know, you may be connect with somebody on Facebook or Instagram. And at first it seems like, oh, these people are really cool. And then they start like, you know, DMing you 
weird cold messages about <laughs> joining their team and you're just like, Ooh, oh, this isn't you. what I thought this was. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. LinkedIn is even worse. LinkedIn is a real bait and switch. Most of the time when people connect with you, they start off all cool. Like, I love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as you hit accept, they slide right on in there with the hard, <laughs> you know, the hard sale. And you're like, wait, we just met what it, my head is spinning. Yeah. It, it can be super clunky and awkward and it does not have to be. So that's a lot of where I come in with my clients and my community. I love that. How did you get started doing stuff like this? I actually know some other people who have attempted to do something similar and it just never really panned out. And, you know, people are just like, oh, I I can make friends on my own. Thank you. But I mean, it seems like you're doing great. And how did you get started doing it? I think it's because I slide in under the collaboration umbrella and the partnership angle. Um, To be honest, this connection piece is fairly new for me, even realizing that that's actually what I'm doing. Um, And I mean, very new, like within the last couple of months where I'm like, oh, actually what I'm really doing here, you know, the transformation, if you will, that I'm providing is people understanding how to take their existing connections, regardless of how deep those connections are and do something with them. Right. And it doesn't all have to be in pursuit of like growing your business, but how do you go from somebody you casually meet, you know, nowadays at a virtual conference and you meet maybe in a Slack channel during the conference, how do you take that relationship to the next level? Even if it's going from you know, email to DM on Instagram or, you know, eventually even text message, something like that. How do you deepen that relationship so that you can discover whether that person is even somebody you want to deepen the relationship with? And then what could you do together? So I got started in collaboration and and partnerships doing marketing for a company called General Assembly about seven years ago when they opened their campus in Los Angeles. It's a continuing education company for tech business and design skills. So I was responsible for growing the email list, growing the community. And the way that I did that was by sharing our beautiful space in Santa Monica with local community groups who held events and did meetups and taught classes and workshops. So that right off the bat grew my list like crazy. It gave them a venue for free. You know, the exchange was promotion to their community who were super well-aligned people to who we were trying to target. So it kind of turned me onto this idea that, you know, bartering and providing some kind of equal value exchange to somebody that has an overlapping, you know, mission, vibe, audience to you can be an incredibly impactful way to achieve all your goals. So that turned me on to partnerships as, you know, a growth strategy. And then a few years later, I went out on my own to help entrepreneurs do those same things because I saw, you know, I never had budget for any of this stuff. And I was growing our email list way faster than every other campus because I was just doing this, this barter kind of thing. So I wanted to take that knowledge and give it to entrepreneurs who I know have either $0 for marketing budgets or (laughs) terrified to spend any money because I was in the same place. I was like, look guys, you can actually do this for free and it's really fun and it's really interesting. And it's not just Facebook ads or Instagram ads. It's like something that's going to not only support you and your goals, but the people that you're working with too, which is so much better. And so that's how it began. And then over the years, you know, I've worked with over 70 entrepreneurs and small business owners and companies now in the last five years. 
And ultimately what it comes down to is helping them understand, you know, what is it that they have to offer a partner? What value are they bringing? And then most importantly, what value do they need to get in return so that they don't feel screwed over by the relationship if it doesn't play out the way they hope um, and they don't get taken advantage of. And so a lot of that is like internal deep work. And then comes the part with like, okay, now who the hell should you be partnering with that's going to make a difference in your business? And how do you build a relationship that's going to live beyond just that one marketing activation, if you want to call it that, right? So a lot of that does, it comes back to connection and knowing how to find great partners, how to go past that initial surface level business card swap to something deeper, and then being able to stay invested in the relationship along the way so that you're not just getting what you came for and leaving. You're like developing and nurturing that relationship the whole time so that hopefully you can return to it and keep doing more cool shit together. That's awesome. I love that. And you know, have you ever done the strengths finder test? Oh yes. You're absolutely a woo, right? Like you, there's I'm not, it is crazy. I know that's insane. I know it, it, it upsets me every time I don't get it. (laughs) I don't even know if it's top 15. It makes no sense, but I do have individualism is a big one. And that one, when I learned about at first, I was like, that's the opposite of collaboration. And then I realized actually, no individualism as a strength is I see each human being for who they are. I communicate with people based on how I figure they want to be communicated with. And that's actually a core principle of being able to connect with people is not treating it like a one size fits all approach. It's like, no, Amanda, who are you as a person? Like, what's your humor? What's your style? What's your background? What are our overlaps? That's where the connection and the communication and trust and collaboration can be built from. That's, I am a woo. So I would, one thing that you said um, about, you know, continuing on the relationship, I think that's probably where you're not a woo because a woo, like I want to make the connection and have that connection with somebody, Mm. but it's hard for me to maintain it long-term. Like, and it's not that I'm not interested in the person because I absolutely am interested, but I'm, I want to meet more people. (laughs) Ah. like ready for the next thing. That makes sense. So it's kind of that initial excitement of the connection, the initial connection. You're like, okay, on to the next. And I'm, I mean, I, I have that too. Like, although I will go in phases where I'm in a, like no new friends phase, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I'll say that like people invite me to, you know, go to an event or a networking thing, or like join up a, a mastermind where you're meeting other people. And I'm like, Honestly, I don't have the capacity to add anybody new right now. Like I I want to double down on the relationships I have and make sure that that's not just, you know, growth for the sake of growth, especially when it comes to email list is something I have to remind people is really important to keep front and center, like sustainable, organic, long-term growth is what will actually yield way better ROI for you than the smash and grab approach of, you know, a ton of new people to your list all at once and like keep going. And that's what bigger companies do poorly when it comes to partnerships and it drives me nuts. Yeah, I can, I understand completely. (laughs) One thing that obviously networking events is not something that anybody has been doing for like the last year and not like it looked before. Yeah, no. So how, what's the best way to, I mean, obviously your, your membership is a really great way to meet people, (laughs) but um, what are your other tips for like, you know, just making genuine connections with people when we really aren't seeing people face to face a lot? I honestly think it's easier than it's ever been because you think about it back in the day, 2019 and earlier, you would have to drag yourself to an event, you know, 
some people have business cards. Some people don't, even if you've got them, doesn't mean anybody's going to do anything with them. Like it was very manual, right? Connecting with somebody involved a lot of effort. You had to actually physically go there. You had to actually talk to somebody in person, which can be really hard, even for extroverted people to get themselves to do. You had to like make the connection, have the conversation and then take the effort, which so many people don't do of following up later. The email, you had to physically type in, and this sounds ridiculous. You had to physically type in somebody's email address and then write an email and send it like the horror. Um, But so many people would just quit at the business card swap phase. And then it's kind of all for nothing. All of it. All of that effort was for nothing. Whereas now I think all of the events I've been to that are, you know, supposed to be large scale with more than a couple hundred people have built in like networking opportunities Hmm. to the structure, right? So whether it's having a Slack channel, like leading up to during and after the event, which I think is cool and very easy to do, or it's using one of these bigger virtual event platforms that are out there now. There's so many popping up. I just attended a virtual conference last week and they have an entire like platform that I think they've customized that is going to live on beyond the conference now where people could send each other messages and you made a profile. So as I, and it was happening in the DMS, not even the DMS, the chat of the webinars and of mm-hmm. the panels, I would chime in and say, Oh, I love that point. Like I'm a collaboration consultant. That's what I talk about all the time. And I would have three people immediately be like, Oh, I'm going to shoot you a message on, you know, on the platform. I want to learn more. So it's like, Oh, okay. That would never happen (laughs) at a real life conference in the middle of a session. Right. Cause I'm not going to just raise my hand and interrupt them the way that people do constantly (laughs) in the chat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it looks different than it used to, but frankly, everything is now clickable. So you don't even have to worry about typing anything except for the (laughs) message. So now you can go, oh, I liked what that person had to say. I'm going to just go look at her profile real quick, click on her Instagram. I'm going to follow her for a little bit, see if I'm into her and then just shoot her a quick DM. And, you know, something else I thought was really cool about this conference that I've seen popping up more and more is they'll send out, you know, like a PDF of all of the speakers, their bios, which sessions they're part of and their social profiles. So what I did was as soon as the session ended, I went and connected with each of them on LinkedIn and Instagram and sent them all a DM saying, amazing session. I took this away from it. Love what you're doing. I'd love to stay connected. And every single one responded. And, you know, I don't know if this is a trend or if somebody's telling people to do this now, but I I could like it. They all responded with like, not all of them. A lot of them responded with like a voice memo in the DM where they're like, Bailey, thank you so much for like tuning in. I'm glad you've got, tell me about your business. And like, Now I have, you know, 25 new relationships with just the speakers and panelists from this event that, you know, I wouldn't have had before. And in person, that's very hard to do. And I'm a speaker at a ton of events. And I know that like the rush of people after a session is very overwhelming. And you, you literally, your brain can't, your brain can't take in like all these new people coming at you being like, I loved what you said. This is what I do. So I honestly think it's just so much easier because you have the ability to just click connect, send a personal little note, and then immediately start building the relationship from there. There's no lag anymore the way that there used to be. I love that. And, you know, I know that's absolutely true what you said about, you know, meeting people in person and you lose their business cards and all these other things in 
all of the conferences that I've been to, there was one I went to in Chicago and it was a huge, massive one. But, um, and I was actually there as a social media person. So I was like live Facebooking for the conference and another gal who was doing a similar thing. We happened to sit next to each other at breakfast and she looked at me and she's like, I feel like I know you. And like, we connected so instantly and she has been like, I have gotten so much work from her, not from her personally, but like her sending people to me and that, but in all of the conferences that I have been to, that is the one person that has been like an instant connection. Everybody else, I lost their business cards or I don't know what happened to them. (laughs) Even people, yeah, that you eat lunch next to and you're like, oh, we should totally connect. People, our brains are just limited and to be able to keep, you know, unless you're, you have a good system, which when we return to real life connections, like you, you do need a good system. For me, what I found useful back in the day was I would get somebody's business card and I would, you know, within like the hour, try and take a minute for myself and go ahead and type out an email to each person whose card I connected and send the email right then and there saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, just wanted to go ahead and get in your inbox before this whole thing was over. You know, it was great talking to you about, you know, your favorite place to visit in Hawaii or whatever the one little thing you remember about the conversation was. And then later when you go home, I used to do this at South by Southwest, which was like, Oh boy, talk about, you know, (laughs) influx of new friends. Right. Yeah. But like, there was just the, the, the people that I met through huge events like that, I'm still connected to, and maybe have never even had a conversation with since, but because I immediately connected via email, like on the spot, I didn't even have to take their stupid business card home. I could toss it because <laughs> I already got what I needed. Or I could honestly, sometimes I would just be like, well, just tell me your email. I'll go ahead and email you my info right now. And then we don't even have to do the exchange, yeah. you know? So there are definitely ways to do it, to make it easy on yourself. Um, even if it involves like writing a templated email that you just customize, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. when you get back to your hotel room or whatever, you just lay out all the cards you collected and go ahead and send off those emails. Um, you could even delay the send, you know, for the following week when everybody's back home at their desk, but have a system because if you rely on your memory to keep everybody in there, good luck. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I'm 44 and I don't remember anything anymore. Forget it. it. I have a toddler and I'm pregnant with my second. My brain is maybe 25% most days. So forget it. (laughs) Yep. I understand completely. How is it running your business having small kids? I mean, I I did it. Mine are all grown now. Not all grown. They're teenagers. So there, it's a lot you. different. <laughs> it's easier to run my business now, but there's a lot more emotional stuff going on and a lot more stress in that area. But how are you managing with the toddlers or toddler I mean, we're, and pregnant? Yeah, we're incredibly lucky in that we had help from a nanny three days a week. Literally, mm. I had just left maternity leave and come back, you know, to work and then the pandemic hit and we were like, oh no, what are we going to do? And just from the beginning with her and her family and our family, we just locked it down. So we were like, okay, are you still cool coming? We're still very happy to have you. And luckily we were all on the same page. So we do have help three days a week. And then my husband and I just split the other two days. I take morning shift, he takes evening shift. So we still at least get half days of work in, but you know, I think the positives of being home all the time with everybody here outweigh the negatives, especially because, you know, my son Archie was seven months old when this all began and he's now 19 months old. And that's a cool time in your kid's life that like, 
if you're working all the time or you're like going into a job, you just miss. And so it is certainly different and interesting to be able to hear the like toddler moan, like from 30 feet away of like, what does he want? And why is whoever he's with not dealing with it? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Which I think is a unique mom thing to be like, I could shut this down right now. What is going on out there? (laughs) But I feel like people have so much grace for each other now because most people have a child of some age in their home and they recognize that like, you know, we got to roll with it. And so, yeah, the positives of being able to be like, I don't want to finish this email. I'm just going to go see what Archie's doing right now (laughs) outweigh the, well, guess I don't get my, you know, 40 to 60 hours of work in anymore. That's okay. You know, it'll be back (laughs) at some point, you know, and then being pregnant with a toddler is definitely interesting, but so far so good. I'm, I'm halfway through and knock on wood, things have been very smooth sailing compared to last time. So just trying to take this, you know, these next few months that I have before, uh, things get completely disrupted again and make the most of them and remember the first time, cause it was only two years ago that, you know, the first year is weird and rough and hard, and then it's just gets easier from there. So I'm trying to keep myself chill in that capacity, (laughs) (laughs) not overthink it. Mine are, uh, uh, roughly three and a half years. I had three kids and, uh, I, I ended up, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like it was, (laughs) it was really dumb to do it that way. (laughs) Um, and it was intense when they were little intense is their definite right word. And now they're all like, my oldest is graduating this year and my next one graduates next year. And the third one, because of the birth date, he he has, he's, he's a freshman. So we have a a gap year there, but it was intense trying to run a business. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you got the nanny and that you kept the nanny because honestly, that's the only thing that got me through a lot of times because we had a girl who would come, she only came from like nine to one and it was only during the summer, but she would clean the house and take care of the kids mm-hmm. so I could get some work done. And it, I wouldn't have made it otherwise no. <laughs> if I hadn't have had I don't her. think anybody can. I don't yeah. know how, like all of my friends that for one reason or another, just their childcare fell through at the beginning and then it never picked back up. They're all just surviving. Yeah. And, you know, most of my friends at this point are entrepreneurs and, I think I'm so grateful that the majority of my community, entrepreneur community are women and we're unapologetically transparent with each other, which is so important. And we all know we're like, look, you do like one of my friends is in the middle of a divorce. She's got two kids and they each have a different dad, which means they're each on a different schedule, which means she's never alone. She's always got one or the other. And it's just so hard to keep a business afloat when you've, you're managing all of that. And so I think this year has taught us all that we need to just be a lot more gentle with our expectations of ourselves. And you know, I'm certainly, I don't think I would ever have been this grateful for the childcare support that we do have if it weren't for this year and seeing like what happens when we don't have it, you know, you make it work. That's the moral of the story, but yeah, my business is not thriving (laughs) this year. And I don't know anybody's that really is that, that have that situation. So I'm definitely an overachiever by nature and a perfectionist. And I've had to just really cut those strings as much as possible because it's just not doable to, yeah. it, you can't hold yourself to a 2019 standard. 
Well, you know, even when my kids were little, which was, you know, uh, 15 years ago, it was not doable then either. And I got a lot of shade from having a nanny because I was the only entrepreneur that I knew, like female entrepreneur in this area. And they're all like, really, you need a nanny. And I'm like, shut up. You don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, you, don't yeah, even exactly. know. you have no idea. And it really, you know, it helped me pay another woman to do something for me. Exactly. And it, was great. it was like, I'm fueling the economy by helping somebody else right. out. So mind your own business. Oh but- my gosh. Our nanny is all the time. Like, thank God I have a place to go three days a <laughs> right? week because I would lose. She has daughters who are like 19 and 24 and her husband's working from home. And she's like, this was never part of the deal. We were never all supposed to be here together all the time. (laughs) I'm thankful for it happening when it happened because it gave me some extra time with my oldest because he's he's already super independent. You know, he's at his girlfriend's all the time or he's at work or he's doing something at school. So I hardly saw him. So I really was thankful for some of that extra time that I got with him. But by the midsummer, when we're all like all together all the time, I'm like, this is not the way it was supposed to be. No. <laughs> like, this was, there, was a, there was a, there was a cadence. <laughs> there was a, there was a routine where we got alone time and now there's none of that. So none. Yeah. And you know, back when my kids were little, it was also a zoom didn't exist, but we Skyped and, you know, I had video calls with clients and thankfully I always had clients who understood that I was a mom first and that, you know, that it would, this was part of it because I would have like a kid hit, like climbing here yeah. and one over here and like trying to talk. And now oh it's like normal, like people are okay with it. But back then it was, <laughs> I was the crazy lady with mom, with kids. So. I mean, my son has, he can now open doors and my office and my husband's office don't have locks on them. So the kid will just, he'll, you know, get away from whoever has him. And he busts into our office. Like he's on a SWAT team doing a raid. Like there's no like knocking. We keep trying to be like, no, you got to knock first. No, he just basically kicks the door down and immediately comes over. And if I'm on a zoom or any kind of video conference, he wants up on my lap to be able to wave to that person. Cause he's in a waving phase right now which is the cutest damn thing I've ever seen in my life. And, but it's so funny. I was on a call yesterday and he did that. And I'm like, one sec, somebody wants to say hi to you. Hold on. And he (laughs) has to get up and wave and be really good. And then I'm like, okay, get the hell out of here. Good. But yeah, that's just part of the deal now. And I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of great in a way. It is kind of great. I I think it's really honestly made everything a little bit better because we all, like you said, have more grace for each other. And we, you know, can allow more things that back then would have been like, oh, I don't know this this might not work out with this person, but now you're like, right. Are they unprofessional? Well, and I think that's such a great, you know, bringing it back to the original point of connection is we all have these common threads now that we're able to identify in each other. And, you know, I call it seeking the overlap between, you know, I have, I'll, I don't think it's on video, but I have a Venn diagram tattoo where that's kind of the really the key image of everything I do and I believe in my work is each individual circle, you know, in a Venn diagram has an overlap where Mm -hmm. you guys have commonalities. And I think the pandemic, having small children, running a business, being a woman in this world, like there are so many things that people can find in that overlap where they exist together that enable them to immediately recognize themselves in somebody else. And that's what connection depends upon is for you to be able to be like, Amanda, I get you because I've been through this. You've been through this. You know, even if nothing else is the same, we can start in that overlap and that's where you build a relationship and then go from there. 
I love it. I love what you're doing in the world. It's amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. Me too. I think so if how, we all, if we were all able to connect with other people a little bit better, we would have so many less problems. Isn't that the truth? Like just honestly, really just finding those, co- those commonalities between each other can really like open your, and that's another thing, you know, that I've tried to teach my kids by traveling a lot is that mm-hmm. this person is from a completely different place than you, but look at all you have in common with them. Yeah. It really dispels fear and like all these other exactly. things that a lot of people deal with. Yep, exactly. The more you can see yourself in another person, the more you can empathize with them. And that's truly where people are able to stop othering somebody else and making them a them, you know, it's like, oh, well, we might have a lot of things that are totally different about our upbringing, our culture, our belief system, but here are these core things that are the same. So in a, on some level, I, I can understand your rationale for doing X, or I can right. put myself in your position. And you said fear, like fear is so dependent upon lack of connection, yeah. right? Like whether it's a concept or a person, the less you know about that thing or person, the more you fear it because right. you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. But the more you know about it and the more you can get to know it and understand it or them, the less scary it becomes. And then you can, you know, be bold and do brave things. I love it. So how can I send people to work with you? Like, where do I send them for you? Well, um, probably the easiest place is my little corner on the internet at baileyhancock.com. Um, but since Bailey is spelled with no E and it gets very confusing for people to figure that out, I have two other ways that you can do it. So one of the things that I teach my clients how to do is called expertise for exposure. And that's where they're out in the world, like sharing their knowledge, their story, their experiences and their expertise in exchange for promotion or exposure to a well-aligned community. And one of the best ways to do that is exactly what we're doing right now, being on podcasts. So I have a free template that you can get at podcastpitch.me. That is literally a written for you email template that you can send to podcasts if you want to be a guest on their show. And as a host myself, a podcast host myself, and I'm sure you get this too, a ton of very terrible pitches from people (laughs) that are just- Occasionally, yes. Oh boy. Clearly they've never heard of your show. They spell my name wrong left and right. Like it's a disaster. And it is, again, going back to connection, like just try a little guys, just try, just kind of put in a (laughs) A little bit of effort. effort. (laughs) Just a little bit goes a long way. So, uh, with this email template at podcastpitch.me, that'll take you right to my website anyway, and it'll help you put together an intentional and thoughtful outreach that will increase the likelihood of them actually responding and saying yes to you. So, and then I'm on all the platforms at Bailey Hancock. I keep it easy. Awesome. I do want to tell you one other thing from the stalking from earlier, where on your about page, it says very bright student, but talks to classmates too much. Um, I got that a lot too. So, (laughs) you know, I find myself (laughs) surrounded by people who got that comment on their report card semester after semester. Like if only she would just stay in her seat and stop, you know, going and socializing, she'd blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, lady, if you only knew that was going to literally be my job one day. (laughs) My kids also get in trouble for talking too much because they're very much, all three of them are very much like me. And I always tell them the story that when I was in 10th grade, uh, my social studies teacher, I, I was sitting right, like my, one of my oldest 
closest and dearest friends was right behind me. And we talked nonstop, like nonstop. He and I were just like, blah, 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 all the time. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I'm going to move you over here. So he moved me over to this side of the room where another super close friend was sitting. So then we were like this, but then Tim was still on the other side of the room. And I would yell across the room to him, like he was sitting right next to me. And he's like, this is ridiculous. So he eventually put us all three together in the back and just let us talk. So smart. Problem <laughs> solver. <gonna> stop. <laughs> no. Oh, you know, I think there's something to be said for that. And I get it. Teachers, teachers have a tough job with us talkers, but you know, just lean into it, lean into it. There's had to be some way to like, take advantage of it. Like exactly. have, us, have us lead a quiz or something. Exactly. Work with our outgoing independent natures. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. It was absolutely delightful. And so great. yeah, just thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, everybody. Better, better, cause here I come.